We're Not Dead, a story of fan survival. Starting on a strong note, Bamaraka! <laughs> Episode 14 of We're Not Dead, the official community podcast for We're Alive. I'm it was so anticlimactic. Yeah, I can't talk tonight. I'm exhausted. I'm your host, Brittany Bamaraka-Rocker, and Greg Miller is back this week. <laughs> hey, Brittany Bamaraka-Rocker, how are you? I'm good. You know, how did it feel to ditch us last week? It felt pretty good. Uh, it's nice to know that, you know, I'm such a celebrity that I can, you know, I have to do things that aren't your community podcast. <gasps> your little cute show you do here, Brittany. Oh, see, but see, you're dissing yourself, too, because this is your show as well, and you're calling Oh, it is li- it, Brittany? Is it? Uh, anyway, moving on, we are also joined by Trevor. Trevor. Hello. Hello. Oh, see, that was anticlimactic. Oh, very, very well, let's true. Let's try that again. We're joined by okay. Trevor. Yeah, yeah, I'm Trevor. Yeah, AKA Traverser on the forums. Yeah. And it's not GamerX. Not GamerX. Not But Gamer that X. is your Twitter handle. Yes. There we go. Um, and if I'm correct, this is your first podcast ever, right? Yes, it is, actually. Oh, my God. I'm honored. Greg, are you honored? We're taking this man's <laughs> podcast cherry. I'm going to take it forcefully and violently. Just how he likes Ooh, it. I'm right? sure it Can is. Can we at least get breakfast in the morning? No, you may not. You will get a coupon to Waffle House. Oh, well, I like waffles. Uh, so tell us about you and We're Alive and your long romantic history together. Um, let's see. I started listening to We're Alive, I think, last August because... This guy, pretty well known on the internet, I think his name's Greg Miller, was oh, talking yeah, about yeah, on I've a podcast. It. Yeah, yeah. Good Ugly guy. guy. Ugly. I don't know. I, I, I've been close enough to tell. But yeah, he, uh, Greg, you were talking about we're live on a mini IGN podcast, so I decided one day while doing laundry to look it up, and I've been listening to it ever since. Excellent. Favorite character? Oh, man. I'm springing um, it on you. <laughs> I gotta say, like, he's done a lot of stupid shit lately but he's redeeming himself i, I love bert no i love bert Pete is great especially when he's doing superhero stuff um <laughs> but no I, I love bert i ever since they brought him on i i thought he was one of the most kick-ass characters he'd be a cool grandpa he would be an awesome grandpa especially like his first scene where like he's asleep and shoots a zombie in the head and that's how he wakes up so trevor what is your zombie plan i was told i need to ask you this uh, my zombie plan is pretty planned out because I actually play the RP paper RPG Outbreak Undead that you guys Oh, about I've heard week. somewhere on the internet that that's perfect for planning it. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, it's a pen and paper RPG. Uh, my friends and I sat down and just started playing it, and it turns out my best friend's house is like one of the best places in San Diego to actually hold up against zombies. How come? Uh, he has solar panels on his roof. Whoa. Okay. We have power and stuff like that that's awesome yeah so, and- so number one before we go any further mm-hmm. give me a review of this pen and paper rpg is it cool it sounds cool it, it is it's really cool I'd, I'd probably give it uh eight out of ten. Oh wow okay damn yeah. great according to the ign scale yeah um how, how is it is it is it like a is it like a D or whatever that goes on forever or is there are they like contained games what's going on um well i'm i'm the GM for it, you know, game master. Yeah, and yeah. So I write out each story mission and the overall arc, and I decide how long it goes on for. Excellent. You are God. <laughs> yeah, and I at the same time I also have my own character, and we all play as ourselves too. So each of our characters we pick the specialties that we ourselves would do. Interesting. 
So it, it gets pretty interesting at times. And if someone dies, it's going to be kind of interesting, very interesting. <laughs> so so if there's a zombie apocalypse, the best thing to do would be break out this game and play it. <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully in a secure stronghold so you don't get eaten while throwing the dice. Exactly. Okay, sorry, your plan? Yeah, we the way I started was is we were... I started off kind of funny. We were drinking coffee at our coffee shop down the street, and then zombies start attacking. So we go to my friend Kyle's house, and um, we hold up there. And he's his dad's a hunter, so we got a bunch of guns. Good pick, good pick. <laughs> and um, then the next day, we all went out, went to Home Depot, raided the crap out of it. Okay. And uh, fortified the block. And the block? It, yeah, we, that's what we're calling it because we uh, we got like I think five moving trucks from Home Depot and blocked <laughs> off Kyle's entire block. So we, at this point, uh, we have a bunch of survivors. I think we have 28 now. And my girlfriend and I actually throw a, throw a joke around now from those We're Alive uh, bloopers. Mm-hmm. She's turning <laughs> me go, how many people do we have left? 28. 47. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, uh, I, wait, I, I said 47. So we have the, these trucks, but couldn't the zombies crawl under them? Um, what, um, my friend Matt is actually in the Navy, so he was getting a battle strategy on it. Oh, okay. So we actually tipped them over and ah. made it that way. And then the ones that we can move to get out of the block have extra fortification around it. Okay. So, Look at that, Britt. You thought you were going to catch him. You thought you were going to throw <laughs> him a curveball. He, he nailed it. No, I called him park. on that too. And he's like, oh, we'll just knock him over then. I'm like, oh, thanks. Okay. Okay. I'm not trying to be like, maybe I'm trying to be the devil's advocate. But what <laughs> happens when the body pile gets so tall that, you know, they just kind of like start climbing over each other? And just... Oh, um, well, we've had a couple zombie attacks and we cleared them out. And then after that, the next day we had to pile them all into a trailer and drive them actually to my <laughs> high school and burn them on the field. What an appropriate place. That's awesome. Yeah, it was actually kind of fun because when we did that, I decided my friend Kyle and I both went to that school. So I decided we were going to have a solo game of raiding our high school. <laughs> and, and that was actually really interesting. <laughs> so Trevor, if you can give us your address so people know where to go during this event. Hmm, what? Oh. <laughs> in San Diego. Where do we go in San Diego to be kept Point Loma on Temple Street. There you go. Perfect. Do you want me to edit that out? Or are you cool with that leaving? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if they No, the thing is, that's my friend Kyle's house. So if they come to his house, whatever. Oh, okay. Say hi to Kyle. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. All right, here's my next question about this zombie game. Are you setting how fast the zombies move? Are we talking, you know, George Romero? Yes. Or are, are, okay. Uh, I, um, I put the slow walking zombies for the normal types. But I also really like the idea of Left 4 Dead with the special types. So I yeah. threw mm. a couple of those in. And the first time there was one that was like the hunter from Left 4 Dead, mm-hmm. my friend was just like, I never want to see those again, ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, I, one of the things it talks about in the book is it's a cool storyline idea to have the big one, as they call it, which is just like the huge fuck-off zombie that destroys everything. And so I put that in there, and they've almost seen it a few times, but I've been covering up through bullshit excuses because I don't even know what it looks like yet. So, like, what what's so special about this big fuck-up zombie? Um, well, uh, what I put was is that uh, so far it's, like, taken out two stories of a building. <laughs> I actually, interestingly enough, I actually... Is it, like, Godzilla, but yeah, zombie? Yeah, okay. it, it does this really loud howl, and I actually just told my friends, I looked at my girlfriend Tara and Ka- my friend Kyle and went, just picture the howl from We're Alive, and they got it. <laughs> and, yeah, so it's... Just big and mean and nasty. Right, here's my next question, and then I, we can get to, we can actually get to the show. Did you know about the pen and paper RPG before we're alive? 
No, I uh, I heard about it on a commercial that they had a few months ago, and was like, oh, that sounds really cool. Looked it up, tried to find it for like three months, but no gaming place around here had it. And then we're at a gaming store one day when I'm low on cash, and of course they had it then, so I had to buy it and get broke. Awesome. And it's called Outbreak something, something, something. What's it called? Outbreak Undead. There we go. Awesome. Yeah. When, at Comic-Con, will you play with me if I if we, we get together? Will you bring us to the IGN meet and greet and do it? Do oh, hell with? yeah. All right, good. Hell yeah, I'll bring it. Oh, snap. Hell, I'll even pre-make the Greg Miller character so we can just get to playing. I would prefer to play as Pete if that's okay. Okay, okay. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll give you... Bo- water bottles of awesomeness as a weapon. There I would say we weapons go. of choice would be like water bottles or something. Hell yeah. <laughs> Just plows through a bunch of them in a water truck. So, hey, Greg. Hey, bud. Greg Miller. Uh, we talked a little bit about the live showing of We're Alive last week, chapter one, but you weren't here. So. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. Thank you, everybody, for coming. It was amazing. I wasn't there. Yeah, you, you can fuck off, Trevor. <laughs> I know. You get no thanks for <laughs> we nothing. We don't want to play zombies with you anymore. No. No, it was amazing. That was such an awesome experience to be a part of, and it totally ruined the show. Like I thought it would today when I, or, you know, I was listening to the new episodes. Uh, of course, I see Shane Salk as Angel. I don't see Angel anymore. I you see don't see Shane the tall Salk. blonde kid. Exactly. Right? I see this crazy curly hair, and then I, you know, I see Riley. I see the actress who plays Riley, which I don't mind. <laughs> she can pop up in my mind anytime she likes. Claire, totally. What do you see when you hear Michael? Oh, Jim Gleason. You know Jim Gleason's listening to this right now. So oh, I know. It, Jim Gleason's my boy. I don't mind. I don't mind seeing Jim Gleason. Hi, Jim Gleason. It's no, it's it's all ruined. Anybody who was there, Nate G's, I know everybody now. It's it's, it's over. No, but see, it, I think Nate looks just like Saul. Like that's, I mean, I imagine him to be smaller. I imagine him to be. Skinny. Oh really? I always imagine him a very uh, wiry kid, kind, wiry. Of, kind of person. Fuck you, sir. Did you watch the live stream, Trevor? Uh, no, I actually had watched oh. it. I know I'm really bad. I'm sorry. No excuses. You can go to zombiepodcast.com slash forum and you can watch the HD video of it. Ooh, sounds right Last time, when I first saw it, it looked like our part was cut out. Thanks, Casey. I know. What's up with that? Thanks, buddy. You know, Nobody we're not wanted anybody. some Q&A stuff. Nobody wanted Mm-mm. to know you have cool fans who get up and Actually, answer well, questions. Well, the Q&A's on there, but the opening isn't. The trivia, I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant by Q&A. I'm sorry. It's like, you know, we just wormed up your audience for you. That's all yeah, we well, did. Yeah, you know, we, we got them to just be awesome. So let's get on to 21 slash 2... Mark of the Beast. Mark of the Beast. We will start out with the advertisement, as we do with all advertisements. The Heidi and Frank show. So were you sold on this? Are you going to listen from now on? I really hope it was fake. It's real. It's very real. I agree yeah. 100%. Now, here, here's here's the disclaimer I'll give before I go into anything on this. I work for IGN.com. We're a video game website. Uh, lots of times we have intrusive ads that get it up in your face. and Air Jordans. That take over the top. Well, that's spam. I can't help that. But I'm talking about <laughs> like you know ads we actually from Apple that will take over the top images. Or like we had one for Brink or uh, Rage or whatever where the, you know, the top images exploded. This is the exact same thing. Like that, Those I, I can turn off and I don't have to listen to. This is like one of those things that totally takes me out of the experience. However, I understand it needs to be there for we're alive to survive. I understand how advertising works, but totally, like, at least with the zombie, you know, the paper RPG, it was done with, you know, Shane Salk, Angel's there talking to me about zombies, and even when it was the old, the, the old uh, uh, Reef System Aquarium, we like to make fun of. <laughs> oh it was Michael God. Swan, so it still count- sounded kind of serious, but here was, hey, it's Heidi and the Beat, boo, and like all these, other, like, oh my God. It went on way too long. Too. I had to keep looking at it, too, to make sure I had it click something wrong on my iPod. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I think those two actually were cameos in the episode. I think that might be true, yeah. So I think that's... Okay, so let's talk about this, like, Reeve System Aquarium. So a couple weeks ago, I get, like, this drunk text from Greg. You do. And we're wa- we're watching um, Casey's film called Boots on the Ground, A Year in Iraq. Which is excellent. And the thing is, I was kind of drunk, too. 
And Casey's brother is wearing this shirt called, like, Reef something. I don't remember what yeah. it said. It, it was the Reef Systems Aquarium logo, I thought. So I made sure I tweeted it. You, I, I texted you right away. Yeah. And then it, it, it just degraded into screaming at each other because we were both drunk. <laughs> I and then uh, I, I never heard the conclusion. Did you bugged him? Did you bug? Oh, I bugged him. I bugged oh, you him. Oh, did what he say? And I believe he confirmed that that is true. It's an Easter egg. It's it's real. That's, oh, I shit. guess that's somehow connected to his brother. That is exciting. Huh. I want a reef shirt. That should be on the We're Alive merchandise store. We should. Store. Totally. They should be totally selling the reef system aquarium shirts. I would sadly buy one of those. Right? It's just like the meme now. So, okay. So, there's Heidi and Frank. Um, so, this week's episode started off with a mini recap from last week's episode when Angel is ordering Pippin to kick his gun to the gate. Again, Pippin is described as being extremely cut up and bruised. So Pippin denies having any other weapons, and Tanya is there, and she offers to clean him up. When asked how Pippin found this place, he tells Michael that he had heard of the tower from the convicts. He said that the people from Eastern Bay found him and took him, and that they're pretty much taking everyone they find and bringing them in. When asked why he came to the tower, he said he didn't know where else to go. Tanya made a remark that Pippin's wounds are pretty fresh. That might be relevant for future. Mm. He claims to have come mm. from the strip mall. He says he was able to get away from the maulers when they were moving anyone. He also claims that he didn't hear anything into regards where the maulers were moving to. I called bullshit right there. Right, right. So Michael is debating whether or not to allow Pippin to stay. Pippin says he doesn't want to go back out there anymore because the maulers will find him. Not only that, but he is out of rounds. And then Datu makes the remark, you know, I'm surprised he made it this far smelling like that. Clear because he's all bloody and he probably smells like shit and barf and all that good stuff. Angel then suggests that he might be valuable because he might know some things. Right when Michael starts telling Pippin that he hasn't quite made his mind up about him and whether or not he can really trust him, you start hearing explosions coming from outside. And then Pippin starts screaming, they're coming for me, which, you know, I call bullshit, but we can get back into that later. And then Angel says something here that might not be, you know, remarkable, but I thought it was kind of interesting. He says, I, I need to see it too. You know, like, they're panicking because of the explosions, and he's just kind of like, well, I, I need to see it also. So, <laughs> well, okay, wouldn't you think he'd be like, oh, I want to see what's going on? But he almost sounded like he was expecting it. I'm not I'm not biting yet. I like I like Pippin's name, and I like his accent. I want him to be okay. I want him to turn out to be a good guy. Also, also, if, if it turns out the way we're planning, this is very uh, a knockoff of Lost. Remember, this is the same thing. This is how they introduced Ben that back in the totally day. totally what I thought of, too. I haven't seen mm-hmm. Lost. Oh, come on. Oh, well, you missed out on some amazing show television followed by a lot of crap, followed by some amazing television. So Michael runs outside, and he's, he looks through the window or something, and he spots a lot of smoke coming from the north. And this is kind of interesting. After the explosion, if you listen, you can hear several dogs barking afterwards. So, hmm. you know, you don't think of there being, you know, like, animals, domestic pets running around, but they're obviously still out there. Angel says that there's only one thing in that area that he could think of would be the arena. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Did you guys think it was the arena right off the bat? Oh, yeah. In fact, I said it right with Angel. It cuts to Tar, Bricks, and Lizzie. So they're still in their convoy, minus a few rigs, and they come to a stop and Tar exit the vehicle. Bricks won't exit because the little one's arm is still in the car, but Tar orders Bricks and Lizzie to exit as well. Bricks says, stay close to me, Elizabeth. And that's another point for Bricks. Oh, yeah. Bricks is ordered to move the little one, to remove the little one's arm from the car. So the Maulers start to regroup outside. Scratch tells Tar that the current Mauler count is around 30. She asks Tar how many people are behind them. When Tar says that they, they being Lizzie, Bricks, and himself, are the only ones, Scratch says that there were at least three tankers behind him. Tar corrects her and says that there were actually four, and that they needed eight, and e- they even gave them one extra in case one was to break down. So they currently have six. 
So if you did the math, there's a little error here. Brittany, all hell is breaking loose. They don't have time to sit there and count goddamn tables. You know, but this was pre-written, and I'm just saying. She's just calling the, the bullshit. Of the moment. I'm just calling she's the bullshit. Just, she's just saying she doesn't like Casey's writing. Oh, oh come on. Oh. <laughs> Trevor, kicking you off. No. So Tar tells Scratch that they don't have enough tankers for this mission and that they should turn around. And who should they meet up with? Anyone? No, come on, Dry. Yeah. You should turn around and meet up with Dry. Yeah. So Dry is still alive. Scratch is adamant that they don't turn around until their mission is done, and she refuses to tell Dry that they failed. So at this time, Bricks is apparently still standing around holding the little one's arm. Tar's like, Bricks, what are you doing? He's like, Well, you didn't tell me where to put it. So he tells like an owner would tell a dog to drop the arm. Bricks does, and the group kind of they just observe it. So this is the description we're given. It's not like anything Scratch has seen before. It was long and pale, and it was torn off of the elbow. There's still thick, dark red blood oozing from it. In fresh black ink, the number five was tattooed into the forearm. It has long fingers with broad gray fingernails that are filed down to a razor sharp point. Tara says that it doesn't look like it was ever human. That just totally throws up, like, test lab for me. A guy in the group then says, This is why I wanted to haul supplies with the other group. Scratch says that the reason they were sent to wherever they are, which we assume to be the arena, was because Jirai understands that these zombies will hunt them down until they are dead. That that thing on the ground is just the beginning. She says they will proceed as planned and there will be no questions. She orders everyone back to their trucks and reminds them to check their weapons as this will be the last time they stop before the assault. Tar then inquires about Lizzie, saying that she will be a pain during this mission. Scratch tells him that, he still, that she still needs her. She then says, my orders still stand bricks. Bricks replies with a got it. Another dude in the group, which I'm assuming to be Frank from the beginning advertisements, asks Scratch what he should do with a certain weapon Latch got out of the safe. So I assumed at first that it was from Locked and Loaded, but then people were thinking it might have been from the military base. Mm. So from one of those safes. Mm. They um, also might have had a safe at the mall. Oh, that's they might have. You think they have like a no, there's Everybody knows there's only two safes arsenal. in the mall. <laughs> yeah, the one in Locked and Loaded and the one the U.S. military has. Yeah. That's why there's so much theft there. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm leaning towards Bert's locked and loaded safe was because he said earlier that most of his stuff was illegal anyway. So they might have gotten like an RPG or some shit. But anyway, Scratch says that she will take the weapon and she doesn't want to use it unless she has to. As they walk back to their trucks, Tar is convinced that this is a suicide mission. It is confirmed that the Maulers are attacking them. Again, we assume it's the arena, but the Maulers never say the arena. But it's pretty obvious at this point. So we cut back to Angel. He is on the rooftop trying to make out the source of the smoke. Bert radios in briefly to check in with him. Angel hears glass crash behind him and a drunk Riley approaches him. Riley asks where Bert is going, and Angel tells her that him and Saul are going to LAX to look for something. Between Angel and Riley's conversation, we find that Riley has been taking Lizzie's departure pretty hard. She has even quit smoking, as when she was taking a smoke break, Lizzie left the tower. So in her mind, if she hadn't been smoking, she would have been able to prevent Lizzie from leaving. Angel tries to confront Riley and tells her that everyone needs her right now. She snaps back with, well, I don't need you. That was like a really bad French accent. No, that was, that was really actually good. pretty good. That, I, for a second, I thought she was here. Bro. Really? <laughs> yes. You were an you were an untapped we're alive resource. I don't know. Casey needs to get you in there for pickups. Do your Bert now. Do your Bert. Can you do a Bert? <laughs> hey, come on, do my favorite character. Okay. What, what should Bert say? Let's see. Shirley. <laughs> that was like Bert zombified. No <laughs> <laughs> it's like last word before turning. Casey, hire me, please. Okay. Um, so Riley says, well, I don't need you. And Angel's just kind of like, oh, rejection. 
At that time, Kalani walks onto the roof with Datu, explaining him how he needs the roof set up for the helicopter, which I'm assuming is a helicopter. Datu says as soon as he's done upgrading the security cameras downstairs, he'll begin working on it. Kalani then starts wondering if the rooftop will even provide enough room for two birds. He wonders if they'll need another roof to park one. Datu asks Riley if she'd be willing to help him clean off the roof, and Riley just says, I have other things to do, and leaves. And then I think she snaps at Kalani and says, screw you, or some shit like that. Yeah, he, he asks what's wrong with her, yeah, and she goes, screw you. That was even better than my impression, Greg. Well done. Thank you. You're welcome. Screw you. That's why he's on the show, though. I like croissants. <laughs> why don't I smoke anymore? <laughs> Oh, I love it. Okay, so Kalani, Angel, and Dad too are left alone on the roof, and they start talking about the whole Lizzie situation. Angel is convinced that Saul won't, wouldn't even get on a helicopter unless they find Lizzie. Kalani is then all, well, they weren't together that long, which, you know, prompts Dad too to go into romantic rants. He's obviously. Which was. It wasn't a rant. It, it was, was just awesome. It was a little. It was sweet. You know, a little emo, but, you know, I understand. Sad. Yeah. Kalani and Angel confirm their bromance, and Datu just sort of sulks off. Ultra bromance. No, but you, you, there was such a great moment there when uh, got Cianam. I'm thinking Angel. I say Shane. <laughs> God damn <laughs> It's ruined. I hate meeting you people. I hate what you brought me into, Casey. <laughs> uh, Angel sa- tells him, you know, like, did you just bum yourself out? Like, I thought that was such a great mm-hmm. point. And it was adorable when he's like, maybe a little. I thought that was really yeah. cute. So now we're going back to Bricks and Tardis and Lizzie. So Ty radios the others that him and Bricks are in position with the trigger. Scratch then signals for the decoy, which consisted of a vehicle honking to, I'm assuming, just grab the attention of the zombies so they could clear a path. As a group of runners dart past them, Lizzie drops some zombie knowledge on Bricks and Tardust. So through their conversation, we learn that the Maulers really don't know that much about the zombies or whatever they are. Like, Tar thinks that the reason the zombies were summoned to the tower during the war was because they were causing so much noise and that blah 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 they had no idea about the sweat jars so scratch signals for the tankers to move and for everyone else besides tar bricks and lizzie to cover their position because tar bricks and lizzie are vital to this mission they don't want to attract attention to themselves unfortunately they're attacked anyway so during all of this we are hearing other members of the group radio in to say that they're in position and then all of a sudden we hear the infamous roar greg do you want to do an impression of that roar for us Are your ears blown out now? Only slightly. It's okay. okay. As long as you it can kind of hear it. Though, right? oh, it was worth it though, right? Man, I'm there. I'm living the show. I know, right? <laughs> so Tar refers to it as a distress call when we hear another, although different sounding, distress call. Okay, so did you guys freak out where you're like, oh my god, there's two of them. Bah! I was. <laughs> no, because you didn't notice that they sounded completely different? No, I noticed. I, I just think like, maybe he's getting tired of doing the same call all the time. I, I, I noticed. I didn't freak out. I did? That's huge. Ah, I'm screaming in the streets of San Francisco. <laughs> I can just see you running down the streets of San Francisco. It was a different call. <laughs> Everyone in your homes, get in your homes. Come on. Okay, I think that's important because like uh, you guys are assholes. But on the forum, no, there's a lot of, you know, are there two bad? I think Nick Voodoo calls them pimp-ass zombies. You know, like the I, big I think hon- that term should be coined. Well, yeah, so, like, if both of them are in the same place at the same time, wreaking havoc, I think it's amazing, but you guys are lame. Uh, like, uh, when I first started oh, listening to it, Brittany. I always thought there was, like, when I first, like, halfway through the first season, I was thinking, like, hive mind, like, kind of like dead space and shit. Popping out zombie babies and... Yeah, it'd be kind of funny, like, the whole range just blows up and this giant freaking zombie comes out and 
just destroys, destroys two-story buildings. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you called it. Okay. <laughs> so during all of this, um, you know, there's a bunch of different zombie noises you might hear in the background, and that'll be relevant in a minute. So anyway, Lizzie and Tar agree that it is time to go. So Scratch says to ignore to ignore Tar's pleas that the mission is almost complete and to proceed. So shit starts hitting the fan. They drive onto a curb, and something happens with an axle. That I, I didn't quite catch that. Anyone? Anyway, yeah, their their truck their is. I think, you bro- I think they broke the axle on the truck. Okay, so their truck. When you break an axle on a truck, you can't move anymore. Brit. I, I was just getting to that, Greg. I know that much. I know that. Much. Oh, do you, Brit? Do I, you? I like to pretend I do, and you know, you call me out like this, and I'm ruined. So thanks for that. <laughs> what is an axle connected to? Wheel. I don't fucking know. I don't. <laughs> the answer is the truck. <laughs> Okay, see, I don't know. I don't know cars. That's why I turned to you guys. That wasn't the real answer, Britt. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, see? Never listening to you again. It sounds like, yeah, it's probably going to end I don't me. I was raised by women. I have no fucking clue. (laughs) (laughs) What are you saying? I'm just really kidding. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Okay. So, now I lost my train of thought. Okay, so anyway, their car is fucked up and they can't move. Or their truck, or whatever it is they're driving. So, Tar does some quick math in his head, and he says, pull there 150 yards. He then instructs Lizzie and Bricks to hold their head and neck, and he pushes the button. Things go boom, and the episode ends. Yeah, my girlfriend was pretty pissed at that ending. Oh, I know. I think the few things turned through my head. I was like, Great fuck ending. you, Kate. Well, well, no, it's amazing, but it's just a cliffhanger. That's... Well, actually, her reason yeah. is she just now caught up uh-huh. on all of We're Alive last week because I was going to be on this mm-hmm. podcast. I'm like, you have to catch up so you can listen. But mm-hmm. uh, this was the first time where she had a cliffhanger where she couldn't immediately go to the next one. Oh. That, I understand that. I understand. Yeah, I remember. She, was, she was pretty pissed. <laughs> We've all been there. It's painful. So like I said earlier, you notice a lot of different zombie sounds during this episode. And that is because all the winners of the zombie growl contest were inserted in this oh. episode. Mm-hmm. Aw, neato. I know. So one of like the big zombies or whatever, pimp-ass zombie, two-story breaking zombie, that was actually the baker's call. So that was pretty cool. Um, so I'm going to read off the names and the times that the growls were inserted. So if you want to go back, you can listen. Do it in the Michael Swan voice. <laughs> Corbin. H. I can't do it. That was pretty good. That was, I wasn't going to mock that one. That was a good Thanks. one. Thanks. Uh, so Corbin was at 18.04. Daniel was at 18.03. John was at 16.24. Sean was at 17.06. And the baker was at 17.17. So what did you guys think of this episode? I thought it was pretty good. Loved it. Yeah, I thought it was a great episode. It was. It had a lot of action going on. I liked. I actually liked Riley getting drunk and doing something. I feel like Riley is a great character, but she's always very one-dimensional. And she like, you know, I mean, she always is just there shooting things in the head. Like it seems like her since her and Angel in the arena, she hasn't really had like a great moment, you know, where right. she wasn't just supporting somebody else. So to see how the whole Lizzie thing affected her, I thought was really cool. Yeah. I totally so what think do you? She has a crush on her. Well, that's yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Do you think she's oh, just upset? Well, because at the live reading, um, Riley, well, Claire said that Lizzie's sexuality would be revealed or something to that effect. This chapter, I believe. Oh, you mean Riley's? Yeah. What did I say? You said Lizzie. Oh yeah. Well, maybe that too. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? This story, man, it changes lives. So, do you think she is just crumbling? Do you think she's like super upset, or do you think she maybe likes Lizzie that way, or she just feels like she lost a friend? What's up? Trevor. I, I think it's a mixture of, like, she does have a crush on Lizzie, but also the whole thing about her going out to have a smoke, mm-hmm. and then that happening. I think it's a little bit of both. 
Yeah, I th- I think she has a crush on the Lizzie. Yeah. Back when they have their first like meal together, you know, Michael and says, "I think Riley was taken back by her," and she says she likes some tall uh, blonde. I think. Oh. oh yeah, look at that. And we talked about this, so that's what I'm saying. And I mean, if she quit smoking, I mean, if her friend left the building, yeah, that would suck. But you think you know, someone you really like, then you more motivation. It's interesting, right? Because it's I I've never really that I can recall off the top of my head mm-hmm. had you know a great. Lizzie Riley moment, right? And maybe it's because the spotlight's always on Lizzie Saul. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I, it's going to be interesting if, yeah, Riley has just been admiring her from afar for so long. That's what I'm thing. thinking. Because they haven't interacted that much in the story. Now, that I, I, think I tried to think back to like a time where they had a conversation alone. And I couldn't even think of one. I think when they were, well, the only one I can think of, and I know there's more than this, is when Lizzie was collecting the sweat bottles or whatever, the sweat. And they were like working out, and she was there talking, and Riley was being a badass. She's like, "I'm gonna do 50 push-ups." <laughs> well, she doesn't really say that, but um, Rafe has a big old ranting paragraph because he, yeah, because he, um, Angel fanboy, he really wants Angel and Riley to be an item. He says, "Wow, Riley, way to be a bitch." Claire Doden said, that- <laughs> <laughs> "Claire Doden said that her sexuality would be revealed. Well, she was if she was going to be straight, that rooftop would have been a great place for her to have kissed Angel or revealed that they had hooked up. Also, my hookup theory as to why Riley wasn't in her room and why Angel was so eager to go back to bed when Lindsay left was totally wrong, and that's totally lame. I wouldn't say this solidifies that she's a lesbian, but it's another nail in her coffin." Not that her being gay is a bad thing. I just wanted her and Angel to hook up. Oh, and if she is gay, then what is she doing all in love with Lizzie? That's not cool. She's with Saul. Lesbian or not, there's a code here. So let's talk about um, Pippin. This Pippin kid. Every time he talks, I laugh. Yeah, what do you guys think of his accent? Honestly. I'm fine. I like it. The voice actor, it kind of gets on my nerves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's bad enough that he's got that like prim and proper British thing going on, but then for his name to be Pippin, mm-hmm. just a little over the top for me. I like it. I think it's a change of pace. I'm more taken aback if we're going to talk voice acting by Bricks. Okay. I really, like, I have we gone, have, have I, 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 maybe. We I, haven't talked about Bricks yet, no. We haven't talked about this yet? No. Okay, Wait, good. So is he mentally retarded? Is that what we're getting at here? <laughs> and I don't mean it in a jerk no. way. I mean, because he's got the very, uh, uh, don't let me screw this up, George from Mice and Men, mm-hmm. like that big burly exactly, guy like he, exactly. who carries rabbits around. Is that what he's doing with his arm? Like. If, he, if it turns out he's supposed to be a normal dude, he is, oh, man. <laughs> Maybe he's Come on. Keeping to himself. I don't know. I mean, and here's here's something for you, uh, Brittany. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to this, and for a minute I had to stop, and I'm like, is this Skittles? Oh. Like, I'm trying to figure out if this is oh. Skittles, because the, uh, the voice sounded so out there. I was like, right. I don't know what I'm, That's interesting. I no, I, I think Bricks, I, I'm assuming he was incarcerated at Eastern Bay, so he might be like a big teddy bear. Like we don't know. Mile this. thing. Yeah, yeah. We we don't know. That's not confirmed or anything. But that's just my take on it. Is that you know he's a big dude. He's strong as hell. Maybe his strength is what got him into trouble in the first place. I mean, he's like fucking ripping zombies' heads off left and right. Well, it seems like if they weren't in prison, they aren't associated with the Maulers. They're slaves. Maulers are slaves, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's what the assumption is. Um, yeah. What do you think, Trevor? Um, I think Brooks is a really cool character. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm loving his voice acting so far. I think he's great. I hope he stays on. Let's go back to Pippin real quick. Because a lot of people have complained about his accent, and we got a few listener mails about this, too. They say that it just sounds extremely fake. And my, like, devil's advocate theory is maybe it's supposed to be fake. Oh. Mm, Maybe Pippin is just one of those made-up names. I don't even know. Because the thing is, is that Tanya makes a remark that his wounds are really fresh. Um, 
And he made it seem like he had, you know, made quite the trek to the tower. Well, didn't yeah. you say that, like, Scratch said something about dropping him off? Right, and I think it was 23 when they yeah. were in the furniture store. Um, Scratch and then he says, says that he escaped while they were moving. Right, right, right. So she that... says, exactly, she says, well, I still have to drop Pippin off. And that was just, like, casually mentioned. You know, we didn't even know who the hell Pippin was at that point. Yeah. And, like you said, Pippin claims that he came from the strip mall and that he was able to get away when they were moving everyone. So, my guess, sorry, Greg, is that he is, he's put there for a reason, maybe to keep tabs on the tower. Well, yeah, just get an inside look at it. Mm-hmm. Well, what I was wondering is, like, if they already have the, the traitor or whatever, why do they need Pippin there? Oh, you mean, like, why if they have the mole? Maybe because the two can collaborate or something. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, hadn't they said that they hadn't heard from her in a while? Right. And then who's, who, I'm sorry, I think it was Job we had on, and his take on that was about maybe that Scratch was referring to a scout when she said, you know, we haven't heard her in a while. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's not confirmed also. So this is kind of my whole theory since we're talking about Pippin. I think they're going to go to the arena. They have Lizzie. Scratch wants Lizzie for some reason. Now, let's say Jirai wants, you know, Jirai wants Lizzie, but Scratch is ultimately in charge of Lizzie at the moment. That's why she kind of has Bricks watching her because Bricks won't let anything happen to her. I say they're going to fuck the arena up. They're going to come back. Jirai is going to know that they need the assistance of the tower because they are moving somewhere and they're going to be like, hey, we have Lizzie. You want Lizzie. Let's, you know, this is what we have. We're friendly. Come join us, or some shit like that. Something like that's gonna happen. You don't think so? No, no. I was saying I was agreeing. I'm just oh. really wondering where the hell Darai and all of them are going. Well, these the uh, um the Frank guy. I don't even know what his end character is name. Said that um they're the other group is hauling supplies in the south. So clearly they're like packing up and they're moving. Yeah. I'm. I mean, south. What's the South Catalina? Um, the colony. So anyway, that's just a theory that I have. Let's see. They call me Revolver, thinks he's a mole. Veritable Hero thinks he's a mole too. Yeah, Adrian HD thinks he's a mole. I mean, everyone pretty much, you know, unanimously agrees. And plus, Datu said that he was was surprised that he even made it that far with those wounds because that attracts the zombies and all that jazz. Moving on. Jirai is alive. Greg, you thought he was dead. Well, Well, can't win them all, Brett Bromerocker. Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry, I can't have the perfect track record you have. That's okay. I don't All have right. the cameo yet on Real Live, so I have to give exactly. you shit when I can. You don't oh. even have merchandise on the store yet like I do. Oh, God. Go buy my water bottle, everybody. What? Uh, Eastern Bay is actually south of the Mauler's Mall. Oh, it is? Yeah. So what do you think huh. that means? I don't know. Like, It'd be interesting if they decided to go back to the prison. Like, it's it It's been a long enough time that like any like authority or anything has gone from there, so maybe they're looking to take it back perhaps who knows uh dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. um so greg you were just giving me shit about the whole cameo thing we got an email that fits now so i'll read it oh good okay good i'm glad you led me where you needed to be to make the email <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i'm good at working the system so grant says hey folks Britt, you have to get on the show so you can rub it in greg's face i find greg's over-the-top arrogance to be pretty funny but there needs to be some more back and forth maybe you can be the smart female tattoo zombie edition that shuts down the water station, thereby being a natural enemy to Pete. I bet you can get a bonus episode about the epic struggle for him for the water supply. Perhaps the timely demise of Pete, thereby giving you a permanent one-up on him. Even though my writing skills are piss poor, I would gladly pen that script just for the amusement it would give to the podcast. Oh my god. Yeah. 
I think when you cool. when you come on the show, Brittany. Yes, sir. Oh, I don't want I don't want you to be a zombie and kill Pete. I want you to accidentally just shoot Pete. Like that, <laughs> that's how I want Pete to go out. You, I, I made it. And you just ah, she just shot me in the face. You kill me in a Costco. For some reason, they stop at a Costco. I was gonna give there. you free water. Free water. Fuck you, Greg. I mean, Pete Miller or Pete Miller's. I. Oh no, we actually came up with the last name of Pete, but I don't know if we can tell what it is. What, are you kidding me? I told, we told all, you. All this, all this shit we say on this, and you're afraid that's what it's going to be the problem? Well, I mean, I don't that's know. That's what throws okay. the show. So, Casey. It's not even a good joke, Trevor. They, she said that my last, Pete's last name would be Ness. Casey came up with it. I th- Pete Ness. What? Oh my! God. Oh come on! It's funny. You really have to think on that one. Well, you you just uh, my mind's pretty in the gutter, Wait, but you didn't even on. get it at first. I had to tell you what it was. You're damn right, I didn't, because it's not penis. <laughs> you're putting a t. You're putting a, p- a t it's in penis. It's supposed to sound like it. <laughs> Whatever, Greg. You I'm have just no saying, sense KC of humor. KC should stick to zombies and leave the comedy to Trevor and me. So we'll talk about the little ones. What do you guys think about the little ones and the description of the arm? You know, long and pale. Thick blood. Long fingernails that seem to go on, or fingers that seem to yeah, go on forever. Yeah, like long. Uh, I know I said like on the forums, like a lot of people are talking about zombie evolution, but I don't know. It, it might be, but I totally just think that there are different test subjects that are escaping later on. Mm-hmm. So do you think there's like a lab still working that's just kind of like releasing these guys? Kind of like Raccoon City, mm-hmm. you know, doing like a, a test yeah. on the entire world, entire planet. No, no giant spiders, please, no. Um. Uh, so, and the thing is, is that number five, like, in this case, the number five was freshly inked onto the forearm. So, where do you think that came from? Do you think that came from the lab that you're talking about? Or maybe ink is doing this shit? I don't know. It is interesting that they said freshly inked. That, that's the thing. They didn't say it was, like, inked on there, like, bef- if it was old or whatever. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Veritable Hero says that the number five in the arm, and that the arm doesn't look like it ever was human, helps provide support to theories of genetic testing. Evie Bay says the number five seems like an identification marking of some sort, probably lab, made by humans who write with Roman numerals. This would mean that the little ones were either the first infected, the source of the infection, or a final stage of mutation. All that sounds right to me. I think, yeah, they were made by intelligent beings, right, mm-hmm. and then got out. Yeah, especially when you're talking about like fingernails that are carved, like you know, sharpened to a razor's edge kind of thing. Right. Like, that's hard to do in like just the primitive. I'm gonna, you know, I guess yeah, what yeah. I'm gonna try to saw my nails on this like rock inside the arena or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine a zombie sitting there worrying about a pedicure. Yeah, yeah. This just kind of hit me. So Scratch says that this is only the beginning, and she says that she's pointing to the arm on the ground, and she says this is why pretty much Jirai wants us to burn this place up. Because there's been theories that these guys are originating from the arena, that with ink or the one with the markings or whatever, the, the, that the victims that are brought there, like let's say Samantha, are being mutated or somehow built, or there's even talk of like zombie human rape shit. I don't want to go into those theories. Whoa. Yeah, that were producing these crazy hybrid. I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid those forum topics. Yeah. There. Visit the forums, people. They're amazing. So, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of an interesting theory that maybe ink or whatever's making them. I don't think they're coming from the arena. I think they just are hanging out there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, no one knows. And Nick says, if the one with the marking slash ink, Nick Voodoo says, made the little ones, I'm disappointed because that should be an impossible task, as both Sid and I pointed out last month. The piecing together of flesh and allowing them to be coordinated and advanced brain functions simply wouldn't be possible. 
So, next topic. What are the consequences of burning the arena? Well, I think you know, Brittany, what, Greg? that the best course of action whenever you find a hornet's nest is just to kick the hell out of it. Okay. Oh, wait, no, no, that, that's the opposite learned, of what you're I, supposed to do. Oh, well, I thought I learned that lesson in My Girl. Oh! <laughs> Fuck you, that Macaulay was... Culkin. <laughs> I know. Terrible. Um, but there's a difference between, like, you know, bees and uh, zombies. Just saying. I'm saying they're going to come streaming out of there incredibly angry. Mm. They, we already know that they didn't have enough tankers to do it right. Right. Now you're going to have all these zombies come freaking flying out of there, and it's going to be just waves of zombies crashing upon the tower. Exactly. Well, it- I actually had the theory that the reason why, like, Lizzie and, you know, the other two, like, pretty much got stranded there is maybe that's a really good writing tool for them getting captured and us getting more information about Ink. Oh, maybe. That's not a bad yeah. idea. They just and wake up pretty happy with Tardust or whatever the hell's name is getting ripped apart. So you think they'll be captured not in the arena, obviously, because that place is, like, burning to shit. Yeah, another theory that was going around, this is just a random one, that Bert and Saul would come across them because they're out, you know, and I'm pretty sure they'll be investigating the explosions, too. So they might come into play as well. And then Lizzie's there, so, you know, it kind of makes sense. You know, happy reunion or some shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so the thing is, like, you know, Greg said they're going to start pouring out, and pretty much all of L.A. is going to be flooded, you're assuming. I mean, this is kind of where they've been holding up. So I have to imagine that the Maulers are not planning on staying in Los Angeles because that would be hmm. stupid. I mean, why would you – I mean, unless they're planning on killing all of them, if that was their original plan, okay, I get it. But clearly, you know, like Tar said, they don't have enough tankers to do it. So They're coming down to San Diego and invading my friend's there, house. There you go. And then you'll play <laughs> – You gave away the address on <laughs> the AC, air. pay attention. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about – Tardust. What do you guys think about Tardust? I hate him. I keep forgetting that he tried to rape Lizzie. <laughs> that always sticks out in my head. Like, he'll say something like, you just tried to rape her, well, man. Well, because he, he, he was kind of growing on me. And then I was like, wait a minute. This is Well, a bad guy is allowed to grow on you. Like, I think he's, I really like his voice. Like, I really like the acting mm-hmm. part of him. Yeah. Right. And, I, and I, he's funny, and I like anyone he's yelling and being all weird. But, I mean, yeah, obviously he's a bad guy. You wouldn't want to hang out in a Costco with him. Oh, no, 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 no. I would not want to hang out at Costco with him. As far as Mullers go, I have to say the best voice actor is Scratch, oh, and that's gosh, literally yeah. because every time I hear her, I just get full of hate. <laughs> like she's a great voice actor, but I hate her voice. She's always screaming. Oh, she's awesome, and she's like the sweetest person in real life too. It's so funny <laughs> to hear that voice come out of her. Um, and something interesting on Tardis is, you know, I kind of wrote him off as being the stupid rapist guy, but which he is. But on top of that, it seems like you know he's really useful to the Mullers. Like Pike Paw turned. Like Pike, Pike Paul said, before I found him to be kind of small, weak, afraid, and the most awkward rapist in history. If I didn't, if I didn't know better, I'd say he was in jail because of a mix-up. Now to know he is actually the smart one, at least with explosives. How he masterminded blowing up the arena. It does surprise me that the Maulers knew about it, but maybe they picked it up from the towers. Okay, then he starts going on how the Maulers even knew about the tower. So yeah, it sounds like um, he might have been in charge of the tactical part of the attack on the tower. He might have had something to do with it because he starts saying, you know, well, it was a tactical mistake. That's why the, all the zombies came when he was talking to Lizzie earlier. And then he had planned this whole thing out with the tankers and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, so how do you think the Maulers knew about the arena? I have absolutely no idea. I mean, I, I would just be taking stabs, but I would imagine scouting. You know scouting. what I mean? Like, I'm sure they've had people out there, parties, and they see, 
these guys going in or out or whatever, see some activity, hear some groans. And Timberwolf also says, you know, Dry seems to be going south to scout the colony with 40 radios, 40 channels. They had to have heard the call that Michael sent out. That has absolutely nothing to do with mm. what we're talking about. All right, we'll move on. Does anybody think it was crazy though that when he said that, I have, you know, 40 radios, 40 channels? Jesus, dude. Right? Yeah. Just sitting at a wall of radios waiting for one of them to talk? What a horrible life <laughs> this guy has. So do you think they've been in contact with the colony at all, Greg? I don't think we've talked about this with you. Maybe that's where they're getting their water. Ah, oh, Pete, that fucker. He's a traitor. <laughs> Fuck Pete. It's interesting. I, I don't know. I, I doubt they've reached out to them, but I bet they know of them or they knew of them. Glenn had said that they hadn't heard any, was it incoming or outgoing oh, yeah. transmission? Probably incoming from the LA area. So who knows? But I'm not right well, enough. Well, actually, a long time ago, I had the theory that maybe Gatekeeper like talk to them and made a deal like hey you help me take over this place by giving me guns and stuff and we'll join forces so maybe that happened and now Durai is going to the colony maybe hauling supplies to the colony you think they're gonna like trade and stuff like that cutting tea had an interesting theory going off of the whole humans get taken to the arena and then they're morphed into crazy little zombie things that samantha will return as a zombie no <laughs> could you imagine that so he, Datu would have a whole nother Samantha, oh. like drawn out, like sad. Yeah, would, would Datu kill her, or would he be killed by her? I don't know. Oh, oh, me, oh, I don't know, because hope's and hope comes into play now. Oh, true, true. You're, you're, just, you're just talking about storylines gonna make me cry. Oh, <laughs> oh, really? Did you? Were you really upset at that? Oh yeah, like during chapter ten, like I was sitting at work just going, I'm "Not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry." Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> it, it was touching. Uh, Timberwolf again has the prediction that Bricks is going to end up saving Lizzie because he finally figures out she knows more than they thought about the creatures. Tower will send a small scouting party to the arena to figure out what happened and come across Bricks and Lizzie. Tardis gets attacked by a creature while they are trying to escape after the explosion. Lizzie finally figures out she's Prego. Wow, that was very detailed. Very detailed. Let's see. Obama... It all sounds right, though. You think so? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, that all sounds very, very uh, right on the money. Obama Cat's theory. As for the ending of the episode, nice name. Mm-hmm. There you go. I believe Tar, Bricks, and Lizzie are going to become separated from the Maulers. Scratch might think they were taken out in the blast or something, and they'll have to fend for themselves. Lizzie and Bricks will become BFFs and either kill Tar or he'll defect to the tower alongside Bricks. Not. Like, oh, I don't want Tar in the tower. Oh no, I don't think he'd survive. I'm pretty sure that's one of the rules: no raping. One of birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, what I all you know, all Saul would have to do is hear about that, and he'd kill him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And I guess the only other thing we didn't talk about was the whole helicopter mission, but we really didn't hear anything new about that. I'm assuming they're taking a helicopter. but Helicopters. Helicopters, yeah. yes. And they're getting a... Kalani's looking for a co-pilot. Oh, this was another random theory I had that I just wrote down. I don't even know if it makes sense, but... Jirai wants to team up with the Maulers. He knows they need each other to survive. Perhaps that's why they have Lizzie. Or maybe the Mole told the Maulers that Kalani knows how to fly airplanes, and they want to switch Lizzie for Kalani. And Kalani's co-pilot will fly them to where they need to go because they have been trained. Boo fucking yaw. Cool. So do you guys have any final thoughts, comments about the episode? Good stuff. Can't wait to see how... Because like, it, it was one of those things where the cliffhanger was so good mm-hmm. that I immediately checked the iPod to make sure it wasn't Chapter 3. Like It was one of those, oh, I yeah. really played a trick on my mind. Am I, oh, God, do I have to wait another week? Before we jump into some listener mail, I have a thing to say. A few things I want to promote. So on Friday, May 20th at 6 p.m., there will be a live chat at www.zombiepodcast.com forum. You need to register to see the chat box. Um, 
Jim Gleason, who plays Michael, Otto, who plays Victor, Kevin, who plays Kalani, Tammy, who plays Kelly, Stuart, who plays Bricks, and Jenna, who plays Scratch, will all be participating in this live chat. So you should register, and you should have a chit-chat with an act- with the actors. I will be there. Hopefully Greg will be there, too. Nope, I'll be on a plane. Are you really? Yep. Can I ask where you're going? Or is that, like, classified? I will be coming back from seeing a bunch of video games in L.A. Okay, there you go. Oh, how, how horrible. I know, it's a terrible life I live. But when I land, there will be an unreleased video game that I cannot wait to play waiting for me. God, you cock tease. I think that's like the third time I've called Does you that. Does he do this all the time? Not normally. I really don't. I really okay. don't. Like, I really don't. He's being bad. It's okay. just I, I, I'm, I have a good string of uh, unreleased video games. I'm Greg I Miller. I'm going to play video games for a <laughs> you living. You know what, Brittany? If, if you would live in San Francisco, I'd let you come over and watch You know, it, I actually so I visited San Francisco last weekend, and I love it there. I would love to move there, but it's so fucking expensive. It's ridiculous. That's a big city. Yeah. yeah. Just like live in someone's closet or something. <laughs> um, also, there is a community play date on Friday, May 6th at 7 Pacific. It's Halo Reach. Oh, God. What? I might have to do that. The people, uh, Casey himself will probably be playing. You know, you know who Casey is by now. I think it rings a bell. Yeah. Um, so anyway, his gamer tag is Casey Wayland and just Casey Space Wayland. Anyway, so that's all the information there now. But if you go to the forums and I think it's under top news and like community play date or whatever, you'll find out more information and you can join the game. Okay, so let's jump into some listener mail because it is not fan mail. Hello, listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Comiskey, bless this, bless this guy's heart. He sends us emails all the time, and he sends us about two or three just ranting about Pippin's accent. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll just read like two. It says, "Oh my God, really? I seriously hope Pippin dies in a couple episodes." Because, Whoa! <laughs> because God, his accent is appalling. No offense to the voice actor. I bet he's actually a good actor when he isn't attempting an English accent. But wow, no offense, but uh, your English sucks, mate. Give up, lay down, and let the zombies eat you now. At least then you'll. <laughs> <laughs> At least you will then be only groaning and not sounding like you should be. A chimney sweeping Mary Poppins. Anyway, that episode was great, and hearing about these new creatures that didn't look human at all was really interesting. And then he wrote back. This most recent episode of We're Alive was just awesome. Well, right up until the very end when they introduced Pippin. This was for 21 slash 1, I think it was. Living in Scotland, I do hear a lot of English accents. It is as our neighboring country, but wow, really? Crooked teeth? Horrible English accent in the name Pippin. He fits like every stereotype of an Englishman. I was surprised he didn't come out with Pip Pop Old Chaps Cup of Tea. Anyone? Rance. Come on, Greg, do it. Okay, yeah. Um, and then he says, "I'm." Oh, and then I think this is another email. I'm going to start off by saying that Bert's annoying growl, the voice acting, is stellar and better than most video games. But Pippin, really, if that is meant to be a British accent, it is one of the worst accents I've ever heard. It is constantly changing. I don't mean to seem a drag, as I genuinely love the show and don't want to offend the voice actor, but it really is bad. And that final email was from Matt, who was from the UK. Damn. Like, I know I didn't like it, but they want him dead. Yeah. <laughs> I guess for never, <laughs> never, you know, going to Britain or whatever, like, I don't have a great grasp of, you know, British accents, so... I just enjoyed the change, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't they just be, like, really upset if they actually found out he was from England? Like he's I know, it's not going to be great when it turns out, yeah. <laughs> he's knighted and shit. Damn. Okay, so theory, and we have a theory, a theory from Corporal G. He says, the Maulers are on the move to an unknown location. The tower is seeking a way to fly, probably by helicopter, to Fort Irwin. Knowing all of these facts, I have to wonder if the Maulers are headed to Fort Irwin as well. 
I think this would be an interesting problem for the tower. If this is what is happening and the tower finds the helicopters they need, the tower may end up having to be the aggressors against the maulers, or it could be a race to Fort Irwin. Furthermore, this sets up an interesting attack potential for the tower survivors. Think aerial assault, aerial insertion, or combination. Another fact I'd like to point out is that Michael and his group now have a 50 cal machine gun. This makes their sight incredibly strong. For those that do not know, a 50 caliber round can pretty much go through almost all armor, especially armor that is thrown against in an apocalyptic environment. This weapon, coupled with an aerial capability, makes the tower into a sort of superpower to the new world. This guy plays Fallout 3. Stereotype! <laughs> Uh, right. So let's move on to, okay. And so then we got a few emails about the live reading, um, two weekends, two weeks. I don't even know when it was. So I'll just read them because they talk about how awesome it was. Paul Chambers writes, there's no words for me to explain how appreciative I am of you. I'm writing this literally 10 minutes after I got back from my hotel from the show. I had so much fun and I met some great people. Greg was funny and Britt was beautiful and very sweet. I drove from Phoenix and had a blast. Originally, I'm only 17, but I wanted to buy Greg Miller a beer. So I could, oh, he wanted to give Greg Miller money so he could buy him a beer. So he could say, yeah, I bought Greg Miller a beer because he's only 17. But I ended up spending 83 of my $85 at the show. I won a, <laughs> I won a t-shirt for answering a question and bought one, sh one shirt of each and one of each poster, the CD collection, and three stickers. Hardcore. I, mm -hmm. I cannot express how thankful I am to you and everyone at Modern Myth and Meltdown for putting on the show. I'm afraid if I continue to ramble any longer, I'll sound crazy. So I would like to leave you with this. Bless you, and please continue to do what you do. That's very sweet. Yeah. Good job. Paul Chambers, you make <laughs> us blush. By the way, next time, you don't buy him a beer, you buy him a Floridora. <laughs> Trust me, the uh, pizza place we ended up at would have had no idea how to make a Floridora. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a that, Floridora? that was an interesting uh, meetup place. I questioned at times if they knew how to make pizza. Greg got <laughs> drugged a few times, but it was yeah, yeah. There was it was the first time ever where I've had a fan buy me a beer, and I'm like, awesome. I'm not gonna drink this. I do not trust what is happening here. And I think you pawned off another drink that I ultimately ended up chugging. Yeah, but that one I I trusted fine. I wasn't worried about that one. Oh, you weren't. No. Okay. He wouldn't give you untrustworthy drinks. Well, and, I, and, for, and for the record, I gave the first drink to KC, so he gave it to you then. You all split it together. That's your own problem. <laughs> Maybe I was just yes. trying to drug KC. You don't know. Take advantage of him later that night. Yeah. Just add stuff to the script for later, and then Pete saves the day. <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> the end. Dino or Dino, I don't know, one or the other, writes and says, Hello, Brit, and ask to ask to Greg. <laughs> ask to ask. Oh, there you, just you made go. My night. <laughs> It has been three days since the event at Meltdown, so I'm a little late reading this, and I am still on a nerd high. I have decided to use this high to muster up the courage to write to both of you, which is the first time I have ever written fan mail, and yes, I am a fan. <laughs> Although I know I am one of thousands of people who follow you in the podcasting world, I wanted to take this opportunity to thank you for all that you do. Life as an auditor is quite boring at times, mm. and you both have helped me get through those rough days. Actually seeing you guys in the flesh, including the cast of We're Alive, is climbing to the top of my coolest life experience. Besides working for a CPA firm, I proudly sponsored by Paintball. I am proudly sponsored by Paintball Gateway and play with some of the best pump paintball players in Southern California. 
As a token of my appreciation for all that you have done for me and the rest of your fans, it would be an honor and pleasure to take both of you out for some paintballing fun, all expenses paid, the next time you're in L.A. Oh, nice. Done. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be awesome, yeah. God, that would be so much. I've never been paintballing, but I think it would be a blast. Before I end this email, I just wanted to ask you guys what your thoughts are on the We're Alive universe and how it would have been affected had Casey Wayland used the classic slow-moving zombies versus the seemingly quick zombies. Mm. Thank you for all that you do, and a special thank you for Britt for giving me a second chance at winning the signed flower pot. <laughs> it's amazing. Greg, just in case you're wondering, ass to ass in Tagalog Filipino is puetsa puet. Puetsa pit. <laughs> <laughs> just rolls off the tongue. It does. It's perfect. So how do you guys think the universe would have been different? How do you slow zombies? Uh, do either of you read The Walking Dead? Yes. yes. You, well, are, you caught up to, are you caught up to date? No, I'm not totally no, caught up. I... I'm going by uh, hardcover TPB. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Uh, well, in the most recent issue, uh, it, w- it would go like that. Basically, I think they would get a handle on the situation. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things when you'd have these army guys who are leading a group and you could train them like they already have, right? That if yeah. you had the slow-moving things, they could secure the tower super quick and then they'd be fine for as long as they ever wanted to be. You know what I mean? Right. Then it would all rely on, you know, fighting the Maulers or the colony or whatever. There'd be no real threat anymore because yeah. you'd be so prepared for anything. I, I got to be honest, that's one thing I find hard when I'm writing the Outbreak game is that it's like, okay, now there's like 50 zombies coming at you. Well, we're just going to walk 10 feet that way and unload on them. Oh, well, okay. I think we'd love it just the same. I just, I kind of like that he did it because it was something different from other zombie stories. Yeah, it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Well, I mean, could you imagine if they attacked the tower and just like these slow shuffling, like Resident Evil esque yeah. zombies, just kind of like? Well, it's like a whole com- freaking horde of hunters from Left 4 Dead. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, Matt Fiend. Oh, there's an R on that. Matt Friend. Okay, not Fiend. <laughs> That's terrible. Hello, we're not dead crew. Britt, I agree with you about the Costco thing. I'm not picking favorites though. I like what Greg has to say. Oh. Three reasons. Stock. Where else can you find a giant box of gummy bears that you shouldn't <laughs> eat? To pair with a bulk case of Mexican Coke that you can't finish. Plentiful, cheap gasoline. This is no secret. Every time I try to fill up, I am greeted by mindless, socially inept living zombies that are known as Costco weekenders that seem to be stockpiling for the end of days. Any gas savings you might get is nullified by the slow burn of fuel and your soul while waiting in line. Narrowly controlled entry and exit points. How else do you explain the annoyingly long lines they put you in just so you can check out and get out of the darn warehouse? Has anyone ever actually been sent back because they have two extra pickle jars in their cart? Anyone? Just me? Okay. No, my friends, settle in. Get here early. Block the entrances with any forklifts you can find. Get to higher ground and higher pallet racking and start a colony of survivors in the bulk of toilet paper. No heating? A pallet bonfire should keep you warm. No plumbing? Well, don't all Costco's sell adult diapers? Depends. And lastly, relax. Enjoy yourself, for you are at Costco, and there's more here than you'll ever want or need. Everyone's going to go there and kick in the doors and steal everything. It's going to be the worst idea you could ever go. Thank you. Yeah. No, but here's, okay, but this is the thing, is you say, no, everyone's going to go there, da-da, but because you think everyone thinks like you, no one's going to go there, because everyone assumes everyone's going to go there. (sighs) Thank you. We also received a fan fiction made about Greg Miller. His character. Greg, did you ever read that? I did, yeah. Okay. So this is an encounter between Pete, Riley, and Lizzie made by Pike Paw. Are we, re- are we doing a live reading? Do we have, we have enough people? You, yeah. Uh, Trevor will have to play a girl. Hold on. I- I'm cool. Uh, Trevor, uh, you can play Riley. Okay, hold on. I got to get it out of my email. Oh, but you do the awesome Riley voice. Oh, God. 
This is what he attached to his. He says, Since I hear about Greg being Superman or something, I made a little present for Mr. Miller, a flattering fanfic about Pete. Don't worry, it is PG and not too long. I wrote it in script format, so in case Casey gets a hold of it and wants to make a flashback scene. Also, I'm Canadian. From Bradley Pikepaw. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Who's uh, yeah, Who's playing who now? What's, uh, I'll, I'll actually take Riley less lines. You'll take Riley? <laughs> okay. okay. Greg, you will play Pete. All right. Do you want me to narrate as well? Sure. Okay. Do Michael Swan. Yeah. Sounds of a car moving, driving through the streets, occasionally dodging an obstacle. It was hard to leave Saul behind at the tower without Kelly there to watch him, but what choice did I have? Bert assigned Riley and I to this mission. There was no argument after that. Angel and Kalani were after the MREs, but we had to find water. What good was food if we had nothing to drink, right? Today we headed southwest to check out a couple new places. Maybe, just maybe, we could find out what happened to Michael, Pigs, and Kelly. See anything yet? We've been driving for hours without any damn clue as to where we might find water. Just keep your eyes open. Maybe we'll find something too. Lizzie, look! That's it! We found it! You see the water truck around the corner? I see it! I see it! I can barely believe it! There it is! Well, quick, let's get on. See if the truck will start. Car stopping and door opening, then shutting. We ran up to the truck in excitement, Riley checking the back to see if it was full to the brim of water bottles. I opened the door to the cab and a large cardboard box fell out. If I hadn't jumped back very quickly, it would have hit me pretty hard. The box landed heavily and then started breaking open. Epic music swell with the sounds of a cardboard box breaking open. <laughs> <laughs> from, the bo- from the box emerged a man. He was tall Hello? with dark hair and glasses, oh. along with an aura of awesomeness. He had... What? Are you interrupting me? I think he's taking a phone call during the freaking live reading. I know. What? Are you there, no, Trevor? I'm, who? Yeah, I'm here. Trevor! It, it cut out for some reason, but then really came back all of a sudden. Okay, no worries. Sure, it did. Um, yeah, right. Sorry. You ruined, you ruined my flow. No. But he had a mouth that seemed suited for telling the most brilliant of jokes. His eyes shone with deep wisdom. His hands looked as if they could open many jars. He was the single most masculine man I had ever seen in all the United States. The only men I had seen greater than this mysterious stranger were all from Canada. <laughs> this guy seemed beyond awesome. Who are you? I'm Pete! <laughs> Sound of rolling thunder and general epicness as the universe hears that name. Why, fair maidens, are you here? It is far too dangerous to be outside. You should seek shelter. We have a place, a safe place, but we need water. A lot of water. Do you know if there is any around here? Sound of Pete banging his powerful yet soft hand on the truck. In fact, this is my water bottle truck. First two bottles free with your first trade. Seeing as you're new to me. We don't have anything to trade, but we could take you back to our tower. I'm sorry, that's unacceptable. I, I only do trades. We are all we're all people here and we need some wa- we need some of your water. In a flash of graceful movement, Pete went inside of the cab of the truck. In a flash he was outside again. A rather ferocious and unhappy caged octopus was at his feet. Across his chest he had strapped two what's that word? Band bandoliers, one with Maltov cocktail strapped to it. The other had glass bottles of randomly colored liquids that it held. In his hand, Pete held a harpoon rather threateningly. I would rather not battle you, fair maidens, but I only do trades. I think he's lost it, Lizzie. Let's get out of here. Close by a zombie growl is heard, distinct, and yet the same we heard when the jumper attacked. A whoosh of something flying through the air and landing on the pavement. A shadow passed over us for a second as we all looked up to see the thing flying through the air. 
It must have seen us from a rooftop and came down to land on the ground near us. I had not seen one since the fire in the tower, but I remembered it clearly. Jumper! Pete leapt in between us and the zombie, brandishing his harpoon to keep it back. The thing crouched and snarled, looking for an opening to attack. Pete used his free hand to rip some of the strange colored bottles from his bandolier and smash them all around. I smelled the various colognes that would cover any of our scent. Go, fair maidens, flee from here! I shall battle this monster into the beyond! More zombie growls are heard. They are surrounding the car. What are we supposed to do? A smash of glass and the ignition of flames. Zombies shriek and growl. And now Pete set the car on fire. Continued sounds of Pete's fighting the jumper. They will take his truck. Come on. The two running and slamming the doors of the truck before starting the engine. What? You burned our car and we need this water. But we didn't trade! <laughs> Riley started the truck and we were off, while Pete got a, gl- got a glimmer in his eye. He focused on the jumper, spearing it through its kneecap to the ground. I saw him pulling out and lighting another Molotov before we turned the corner. You look thirsty. How about a cocktail? See, he was insane, Lizzie, and we need this water. It doesn't feel right leaving him, but what choice do we have? You're right. There wasn't a choice. He's been out there for a while. I'm sure he will be all right. Those things won't be smelling him anytime soon. Scene change music. You may have my water for now, but this isn't over. I may have to return to the colony tonight, but my day will come. I will find those ladies one way or another, and I am getting my water back. And scene. Brilliant. Yay. I think I think Casey can just insert that into the show whenever he wants. I think so, too. The voices nailed it. We're fine. That That's ready for print. You know, maybe Riley's getting a little butchy. Maybe her voice got a little <laughs> You know. She's hoarse from all the drinking, and I'm sure she'll smoke again. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure she'll take it up again, too. Totally. And to accompany that wonderful rendition, uh, we have a special treat for the listeners, if you will. So you guys, you know, by now, clearly you know that Greg plays the voice of Pete, and I have his original audio track. Now, this is a piece of history. This is this is epic. And my favorite part is when you start reading with the accents. Okay, we've already covered this say, before. It was actually pretty good. Thank you. No, it was it was adorable. No, I liked it. It was cute. I Whatever. gotta feel out my character. Pete Pete you know, Pete wasn't the epic force in the World Live universe we know him as today. This is when we didn't know who this guy was. I had to I had to feel around. Really? Casey had written it with an accent in mind. I wanted to try it. <laughs> I was expecting to laugh my ass off, but I as soon as you started doing it, I'm like, that's actually pretty good. No, yeah, I think it just Okay, like I said, it was cute because you're always like, I'm sorry if this sucks. I don't want to ruin the show. Yeah, that's my whole thing. I kept saying, don't let me ruin the show. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, we gave you guys bloopers last week. And then this week we have Greg's Pete audio track. So enjoy. And I think that wraps this episode up. Unless you guys have anything else you want to say. Oh, Greg, where can they send emails? They can send them to we're not dead podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Trevor, thank you for coming on, dude. It was no a blast. No problem. I would enjoy coming on again at some point in the future. Thank you for gracing us with your zombie knowledge. <laughs> thank you for having me on. Oh, absolutely. So for me and for Greg and for Trevor, thank you for listening, and we're out. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ugh. Hey, KC, this is Greg. Uh, I'm recording without a producer, so I have to go hit the record button. We're on all the way back here. Uh, I'm going to give you a few takes of this. I will, uh, like I, we were talking about in our emails, I'll read it once uh, normal, just as I, or I'll read it a couple times normal, try to give you different inflections, try to give you what I, you know, different directions that way, you know, you have whatever you're looking for, you can mix and match. Uh, and then I'll try to do, I know you wanted an accent. <laughs> I don't think I'm good at accents, but I'll try one for you with the yes. 
Uh, and then beyond that, yeah, just hit me back with whatever changes you want, uh, any direction you need, anything along those lines. Sorry I was sick last week. Sorry my producer's currently away from the office as well. But I swear we're going to get this as perfect as you want it or just cut me out of the show and have somebody do my line so that the show doesn't suck because I don't want to make the show suck because you know how much I like the show. All right. <clears throat> hey, Victor, you coming by the store later? We got a new set of boots for you, and I found some cigars for Fernando when you see him. Oh. He didn't come back, did he? Damn, got us good this time, didn't they? I heard they got Sean's team too up. Those new people? I haven't seen you all before. I'm Pete. If you folks are looking for anything, come to my shop between Broken Arrow and the Salon. First couple of bottles of water are free with your... First couple of bottles of water are free with your first trade since you're new around here. Oh, all right. Then it's a maybe. Offer still stands. See you later. Oh, all right. Then it's a maybe. Offer still stands. See you later. Oh, all right. Then it's a maybe. Offer still stands. See you later. Give you some more choices of me just being somewhat normal. Again, sorry if I'm peeking or if anything's going on. Uh, Again, let me know. We can set it up. This isn't that... uh, uh, shotgun mic, I think is what Kurt's called it or whatever. The M66. This is just a, you know, windscreen and something else. So if this isn't what we need, let me know. When Chris is back in the office, we get it the way you perfectly need it. Hopefully this works. Sorry to me. So confusing and troublesome for your operation. Hey, Victor. You coming by the store later? We got a new set of boots for you, and I found some cigars for Fernando when you see him. Oh. He didn't come back, did he? Damn, they got us good this time, didn't they? I heard they got Sean's team, too. Those new people? I haven't seen you all before. I'm Pete. If you folks are looking to get anything, come to my shop over... I'm Pete. If you folks are looking to get anything, come to my shop in between the Broken Arrow and the Salon. I'm Pete. If you folks are looking to get anything, come to my shop in between Broken Arrow and the Salon. First couple of bottle of waters are free with your first trade since you're new around here. First couple of bottle of waters are free with your first trade since you're new around here. First couple of bottles of water are free with your first trade since you're new around here. Oh, alright. Then it's a maybe. Offer still stands. See you later. Oh, alright. Then it's a ma- Oh, I shouldn't shake the paper wrong. Oh, alright. Oh, all right. Then it's a maybe. Offer still stands. Offer still stands. See you later. Then I motor away. Rumble, 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 rumble. One more normal, and then I'll try to do a horrible accent for you. Hey, Victor, you coming by the store later? We got a new set of boots for you, and we found those cigars for Fernando when you see him. I'll read what you actually wrote, because it's embarrassing not to. Hey, Victor, you coming by the store later? We got a new set of boots for you, and we found... We got a new set of boots for you and found some cigars for Fernando when you see him. Oh, he didn't come back, did he? Oh, he didn't come back, did he? Damn, they got us good this time, didn't they? Damn, got us good this time, didn't they? I heard they got Sean's team too. Those new people? I haven't seen you all before. Those new people? I haven't seen you all before. I'm Pete. I'm Pete. If you folks are looking to get anything, come to my shop in between Broken Arrow and the Salon. First couple of bottles of water... 
First couple of bottles of water are free with your first trade, since you're new around here. Oh, alright. Then it's a maybe. Offer still stands. See you guys later. Alright, I'll try one with a horrible accent. Uh. Hey, Victor, you coming by the store later? We got a new set of boots for you and found some cigars for Fernando when you see him. We got a new set of boots for you and found some cigars... We got a new set of boots for you and found some cigars for Fernando when you see him. Oh, he didn't come back, did he? Damn, got us good this time, didn't they? I heard they got Sean's team too. Those new people? I haven't seen you all before. I'm Pete. If you folks are looking to get anything, come to my shop in between Broken Arrow and the salon. First couple of, bo first couple of bottles of water are free with your first trade since you're new around here. Oh, all right. Then it's a maybe. Offer still stands. See you later. Did I get, like, weirdly uh, old there somewhere? I'll try it again. Hey, Victor. You coming by the store later? We got a new set of boots for you, and we found some cigars for Fernando when you see him. Oh. He didn't come back, did he? Damn. Got us good this time, didn't they? I heard they got Sean's team, too. I Those new people? I haven't seen you all before. I haven't seen you all before. I haven't seen you all before. I'm Pete. If you folks are looking to get anything, come to my shop in between Broken Arrow and the salon. First couple of bottles of water... First couple of bottles of water are free with your first trade, since you're new around here. Oh, all right. Then it's a maybe. Offer still stands. See you later. All right, now I'm going to run up there and turn it off. Let me know if that completely sucked and you can't use it or you need me to go somewhere in a different direction or if this mic didn't work or if a million other things went wrong. Thank you for this opportunity.